Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. This podcast contains adult language. What is going on with you, by the way? Um, in just in general, are you well and everything's yeah, good? I'm good, mate. I'm good. Oh, you know what? To be honest, mm-hmm. um, Malcolm Turnbull has just kind of fucked my year, to be honest. It's comedy festival season in Australia, which I know for most of you just means more photos of Dave Hughes around your town than normal. But for me... For my entire adult life, it's been my epicentre, my solar plexus, my true north. I remember standing in the kitchen of my flat in Toowoomba in Queensland in 1992, listening to comedian after comedian as they passed through the Triple J studios to mark the beginning of the Melbourne Comedy Festival. I stood because I wanted to be closer to the radio on the fridge. I wanted to be closer to the people inside the radio. I wanted to be one of them. Later that night, I was actually one of about a dozen people sitting around a bong when through the smoke, I heard someone say they were heading to Melbourne the following Monday. It turned out there was a Marxist convention on in Melbourne at the same time as the festival and the University Socialist Club had hired a bus and was heading down. So I joined the Socialist Club on campus quicker than you could say Great Leap Forward and within days of hearing them on the radio, I was seeing comedians live in Melbourne. Three years later, in 1995, I joined them when Corinne Grant and I did our first festival show together. It was a little something we called Dairy Bells, and it cemented our places in the Melbourne comedy community. That's a community I still love with all my heart, and every year more and more people join the community. None of us ever seem to leave, really, which is good, but there's, we get bigger with every passing year. The year Corinne and I did our first festival show was also the year Will Anderson did his first show. Dave Hughes did his first show. Rove did his first show, among many, many others. That year, there was about 90 shows in total. This year, the Melbourne International Comedy Festival, as it's now known, will have about 600 shows. Many of those will feature big-name comics from the UK and America. There's a, a couple of Russian guys in town this year, which is exciting. And I'm producing a show for the first time in my life, which is very nerve-wracking. Um, I'm producing a show for a lady called Shirley Hood, who is an Aboriginal woman who won the Deadly Comedy competition a few years ago. So please come and see Shirley in Melbourne if you can. Google it. I'll put links everywhere that you can get this podcast. In the meantime, though, I have assembled some interviews for you. I've done it in a couple of ways. Some of them are from my breakfast radio show with Matt Tilley. That's on KISS in Melbourne, 101.1 FM. Uh, Some of them are interviews I've done on my phone. So I found this app and uh, I was practising all afternoon with Tommy Little. I made him my guinea pig and it took me a few goes to get it going, but I knew he'd be the most patient person 
to to wait for me to get myself organised. So we'll start off with a phone chat with Tommy Little and then we'll swing in to a bit of uh, Will Anderson, Peter Hellier, Tripod, just, just lots of hits, comedy hits. We'll keep coming at you and we'll close it out with a phoner with Greg Fleet. Plus a late-breaking inclusion, Husey. I'm Michelle Laurie, and this is the Nitty Gritty Committee, stories of the guts and the glory, and today the comedy of life. How is it now? Yeah, it's better. better. (laughs) Um, You can totally tell you're recording. (laughs) Oh, do I? It's not just because I go, hi, how are you? I no, thought that no. would be part of it. <laughs> no, no, no. Your stage voice is not your, your number one tell. <laughs> My festival show is done. Done, though. Like, it'll change. Melbourne shows always, it kind of changes a fair bit as you go because I, I get weirdly Melbourne in the Melbourne shows. <laughs> um, but, yeah, in terms of being ready, I've already done it for a month, so it's good. Oh, good. And you're not going to lose money because you got your mugs, right? I'm not going to lose money because I'm a professional comedian. (laughs) (laughs) If I'm playing the forum and losing money, something has gone fucking wrong. But even during the four weeks, I mean, you're on top of that. I mean, you know, it depends how much I party. Ah, yes, 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 yes. That's my main expense. Don't you wait to see if you've made any money and then decide how much you're going to party? That sounds so boring. (laughs) Why well, put so much certainty in your life when you can just drink and then hope? <laughs> hope you book balance in the end. Um, what sort of mugs? Do you have new mugs this year? I've got two new mugs this year. What you got? Um, I have one that says, you mocking me horny. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which I had a big debate with because I find it funny, but it's not very gangster. Um, um, yeah, okay. But then I just thought, well, I mean, one says, you know, some some of the others just swear as well, uh, yeah. and keeping in that tradition because the swear ones sell so many more. People people don't care for my witty little puns; they just want a C bomb chucked in there. Yeah, great. Uh, so I have made one uh, for all the the lactards out there who are intolerant <laughs> of dairy. Uh, yeah. I've made another mug that just says "sick sip soy." Well. Yeah, your extensive market research suggests that that will be a winner. So good for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All the people with mud guts from drinking their full, full cream lattes will be able to come up with, with pride <laughs> and know that I'm embracing them. How many festivals have you done? What are we up to? I reckon this is number 10, maybe, 9, 9 or 10. Comes yeah. around fast, yeah. Yeah, and every year it's the same cycle of fear where you start writing a show and go, I don't have any funny thoughts left. I've what talked about f- all the funny things. <laughs> what was your first festival show, though? It was called, um, I think it was called, it was called Call Me, and it was when I, I idolised dudes like, uh, well, like Louis Theroux, but yep. also like Dave Gorman. Yep. Uh, and so I wanted, to, I, I wanted to do weird shows. So I did this show where I uh, left all these, cards around that I got made up, thousands of business cards that had a number on it and it said, call me and tell me a secret. And then I made a show based around all the messages that I got and played yeah. the messages throughout the show. And stuff. Did you get many? 
Um, I got about a hundred, I think. Wow, that's good. Yeah. yeah, and so I kind of used about uh, fifteen in the show, fifteen, yeah, fifteen or twenty, um, and, and had videos and stuff, and yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I'm I'm at that stage where. I, I mean, I'm, you did. Sorry, you did. You did say that's really good. Yeah. I can say objectively, it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's good that you got a hundred messages to that weird phone line that you put cards around. I didn't. Yeah, right. right, 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 right. I was I assuming think, the show was excellent. I think, uh, yeah, you, you assume wrong, um, <laughs> but I, I think also that was, you know, ten years ago. I think people were a bit more trusting. Yeah. You know. Um, yeah, things have changed so fast now. Now I don't know that they would. Now they'd assume it's something weird, like a show or. Yes, where well, I reckon then I could have. Said that I, I was a Nigerian royalty, and uh, I just needed you to give me one call to find out where a long lost relative, and I'd still get people. Dinner here, guys. Yeah. What's what's on the dinner table? Um, I had to order in because we've got no food, and I got I found a place that does schnitzels, and you know my kids love schnitzels, so they're having schnitzels sh- delivered. Schnitties delivered schnitties. Wow. And salad, so it's. It's a healthy meal, you know. It's just a healthy midweek meal that any family in Melbourne is having. <laughs> Maybe not delivered. <laughs> you know. um, do they whack a bit of tomato sauce on the schnitty, or are they having straight up schnitty? Um, I don't know. I think one of them's into sauce these days, and one isn't. Yeah. Um, my, my nieces are so mad for tomato sauce. It makes everything better. I remember that as a kid. I used to put it on everything. It was sweet but and. They will just dip their hand in the little sauce <laughs> and then lick their hand. And it pisses me off because it's actually what I want to do. Yeah, I know. I have to stop Dali drinking gravy. Oh, see, that's delicious as well. <laughs> like just either getting at it with a spoon or just picking up the plastic container of gravy. I'm just talking yeah. to Tommy on the phone about your gravy. Do you want to say hi? Hi, Tommy. Oh, hey, Dali. How are you? Good. How are you? Good. How are you? Good. So what are you eating? Tommy? No, she doesn't care. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, no, no, it's it's fine. It's um, it's really hard to get questions back from kids. I've learned yeah. that. <laughs> and she's got a schnitzel on the go too, so I should let her, you know, get That's on with that. Being unpackaged. That is, that that is the point though. If if you ever find me and I'm drinking gravy, yeah, <laughs> from an outside perspective, it'll look like I've given up on life. But I need you to know that it's the first time in my life I've been truly happy. <laughs> <laughs> it's peak fulfillment. He's done it, yeah. guys. You don't understand. Yeah. He's made it. Yeah, that guy with gravy all over his face has <laughs> finally made it. He's given up on what people think of him and he's actually chasing happiness. Now, if I could just get you back to making it in comedy for a moment, um, <laughs> rather than just life in general, um, I'm at that point with Shirley's show where I just I forget how to get people to come to shows. Do you have any... Advice for us? Um, it's all changed so quickly. This is a big thing at, at Adelaide Fringe. You had, you know, comedians saying that this was their worst year and they'll never come back. Really? Uh, but yeah, but in that, they also said, you know, they haven't. They're doing nothing different, so crowds have just changed. But for me, I was like, yeah, well, you're doing nothing different. Ah. You know, people. Yeah, yeah. People buy tickets differently now. I mean, I don't. I know I, I used to fly a lot, and 
uh, you know, hopeful walk-ups and stuff. Mm. I don't think people are doing that anymore. Is it just sort of Tinder? <laughs> it's Is that... Tinder, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got a big profile on Tinder. Uh, <laughs> I'm just swiping people into my show. I'm, I'm saying to them all, it's a date. Just buy a ticket and I'll see you there. <laughs> yeah, <cool. laughs> I think um, I, I think YouTube's big though, like oh, in yeah. the sense that it's so easy for easy for people to sample stuff. Like they look through a program and instead of going, oh this or this or this, what do you think? Should we have a punt? They go, well let's look them up on YouTube. Oh we'll yeah, see a, a four minute right. clip, and then we kind of know what we're in for. Yeah, right. So make sure you've only got good YouTube stuff, I guess. Well, I would just make sure you've got some. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah, good. Good advice. Yeah, I mean, I think, I, you know, also, I'm kind of guessing. <laughs> none of this is, uh, none of this is, you know, factual. Oh, look, you, you're so right about people wanting the word on their coffee mugs. It's hard. <laughs> it's, it's hard to they, turn down your advice, you know. Do you, you know, know people. <laughs> <laughs> they want that word on there so much they don't even call them coffee mugs. They walk up to me after the show and you go, got any <laughs> mugs left? <laughs> you know people, Tommy Little. You know them. <laughs> All right, I'm going to go and cut up some schnitzels and I will see you in the next couple of days in the mix. Okay, love you, Michelle Ori. Thank you. Love you, bae. See you soon. Bye. Bye. I, you know, I burst into song every now and then, just like that. I'll just do the tail word. We're joined at the moment by Tripod, by the way. Hi, Tripod. Hello, guys. You're from singer. I have a beautiful memory, Michelle, of you, and I'm sure you remember it too, playing it out. We did a fundraiser the first time we ever went to Edinburgh in the late 90s. And my other favourite memory of that time is the flight that you guys booked to Edinburgh. It was so cheap that I think you stopped about 13 times yes, between yes, Melbourne. Yes, it was a 48-hour flight. Oh, yes. wow. Going to Edinburgh via everywhere. And, and Garud! I have a strong memory of the uh, the safety video being a bit busted. <laughs> like, it just didn't inspire confidence. No. Because I'd never been to Edinburgh. None of my friends had ever been. You yeah. were, like, the first out of our crew. And when you got back, it was these tales of Edinburgh, including the two-day trip. Amazing. That you basically awesome. just go to Edinburgh so that when you get home, everyone thinks you're good. That's, That's right. it. Right. Sorry, this one. Maybe we'll see. Scott and Gatesy on yeah. guitar. Yon on just hot on, looks on over there. Face. Nervous vocals. Uh, Yon's right. usually on trumpet. He's uh, yes. learning on the job. 20 years he's had to learn an instrument. I'm getting better. <laughs> <laughs> this is a bit, this is a little, this, this sort of speaks of our age, I suppose, this one. You know, we've uh, been around, we've learnt some things, mm-hmm. and... Um, it's a song. It's kind of for the ladies, guys. I, I think you know you might not enjoy it, but you will. You will learn something. Okay. I feel like I should have a bourbon to listen to this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, it's pretty okay. sultry. So uh, yeah, just a little warning, ladies. If this doesn't get you going, you're dead inside. You really need to. Okay. <laughs> the search is done. You've fought and you have won. You've jostled hard and now you've got the prize. Mm, It's your day. You've caught the great bouquet. Now 
Here I am before your very eyes I'm handy round the house I'll tear then repair your blouse You found yourself a dilf <laughs> Dilf <laughs> My youth is past My experience is vast I'm sensitive but solid as a rock I always replace lids I'm incredible with kids I know just how to clean and oil a walk I'll love you all night long And in the morning I'll change the linen Found yourself a dill. <laughs> dill. Gonna break it down for you later. <laughs> D does things. I is into you. L long term. F the man you'd like to father your child. <laughs> Festival 20 year anniversary show. Has it been that long? And yet I look at the years. four of us and go, yep. It's radio, though. We could be seven. You're right, Come you're on. right. I've been circling Woo. you like a grey nurse for years. Yeah. Yeah. Great. This is exciting. Whole festival? Whole festival. 24th? Every show Great.
Ladies and gentlemen, Al Murray, pub landlord. And you fought in the last British election. Uh, yeah, I ran in the, la- the election. I say fought. It was a like battle and you did yeah. very well in it. I, I netted a full 318 votes. <laughs> well played. So what well. was your party? We were called the Free United Kingdom Party, or FUKP for short. I don't right. know if I can say that out loud as the acronym. It's fine. It's I think fine. you can. So fuck up. We were yeah. Oh, and, uh, <laughs> right. <laughs> it's an acronym, right? Yeah, it's an acronym. It is, guys. And, yeah. Uh, that's perfectly fine. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, yeah, we ran, I ran and uh, it was very odd. It was an odd experience. <laughs> I didn't run at home, so there were not there were no friends and family involved. So these were right. actual 318 genuine people who thought <laughs> I was a viable option. Wow. Um, but but I ran against, I ran against, we, we have a party... Um, back home called UKIP, who are like a populist um, anti-European party. So I right they're, they're your they're, sort they're of got, extreme um, right-wing party, right? Yeah, yeah they're kind of, yeah, we I guess. Some they're kind of here. nationalists, you know. Yeah, I don't know s- they're, not, they're, not as, they're not as extreme as you reclaim Australia, but they're like kind of, uh, they're, you know, they're, anyway, they're, and they're, they're, not to my, they're not to my taste. And they've got the, the, the leader, leader of their party, is a guy called Nigel Farage, and he keep every, the last five elections he's run for Parliament and not got in. So I ran in the same constituency as him, the same electorate as him. <laughs> And he didn't get in. So well, you nice. got three hundred of his votes. And I know got three hundred eighteen of his in votes. In our country, if you get a certain number of votes, you get a bit of money. For yeah, your party. Did you reach that threshold? No, I lost a bit of money. Right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's the best five hundred quid I've ever spent. Though, right. Because, because uh, the, the publicity. Yeah. And, and it's really funny. You got people going. You're just doing it for publicity. And you're like, I'm in show business. You know, if you're going to if you're going to if you're going to try and knock me down by saying I'm after publicity, you've really got to try harder. Yes. Uh, <laughs> in the great tradition of yeah. comedy, you lost money. Yeah, I lost money, yeah, and uh, you know that's what you're supposed to do, isn't it? Yeah. What's this show? Is this Pub Landlord? This yes. show we're doing this year? Yeah, and um, uh, and it's uh, an hour of stuff. So if you know what I'm kind of about, if you know that um, what what the Pub Landlord is is like, then you probably you probably you get what you're after. We love. And the if pub you don't, landlord. if you don't know what you're for, don't sit at the front. Isn't he, isn't he a little bit like the guy you were trying to keep out of Parliament, though? Well, that's, that was possibly <laughs> yeah. possibly the reason we did it. Yeah, <laughs> a wonderful irony there. Your yeah. sitcom was awesome. Do you still do do that? No, I remember no, we Fleety. Don't. Yeah, yeah, Greg Greg Fleet did a yeah was this was Steve O yeah. the Australian in it? Yeah, yeah. he was yeah. the Australian kind of you know dude hanging around the British pub. It yeah. was it's great. I saw it not long ago, so it still Is airs still here on? somewhere. Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah, man. <laughs> that's brilliant. I should get paid. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, knowing you, you have to pay them. Yeah, probably. Yeah. It might run a lot currently. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much for yeah. coming in early, man. I know you're jet lagged. It's all right. But Thank you, you bought your daughter this time for vegan. Yes, I bought my Christmas is here. Comedy Festival. I keep saying that, Peter Hellier. You get it, yeah? I get it, yeah. Depends how you look at it. I mean, comedians, it's either a comedian's Christmas if, if you just want to have a good time and celebrate, but I prefer to see it as a comedian's Olympics where the hard work <laughs> is about the payoff. You're right. <laughs> Hang on, You're so right. Have you been tapering? <laughs> I've been tapering. I've, I've, I've waxed down. So yeah. it, it'll, as you know, it's, it's the one percenters, Michelle. Tried not to be funny for like at least two weeks beforehand <laughs> just to really store it up inside you. I, I, and I'm I'm starting to lose confidence that I'll even come good in time, to be honest. Really? (laughs) An over-taper. But you've got kids, you're getting all the dad jokes out. That's part of a taper, isn't it? It is. Well, you, uh, you know, it's funny. I, um, I, with the kids, 
the older they get, I, I, I start thinking how much should they still be part of the show because they can... Yes. One of their friends started YouTubing some of my material <laughs> for other years. And telling them your dad said this about you? Yeah, so there's a bit of that going on. Yeah, because I did this longer 10 years ago about um, sending my... Uh, or threatening my older son when he was quite young. He was only mm. like two or three, taking him to the naughty boys' home. Babe, can I tell you yeah. I... I've started using that on my son. The Naughty Boys Just home? Just in the last two weeks, I remembered the Naughty Boys home. Yeah, how's Listen, it going? It's going well so far, right. but I'm prepared to go all the way like you did. Listen how far Peter had to go in the end. So my, my boy, he was two or three, he would not go to sleep, and he, right. needed, he needed his nap, you know. And uh, so I said, well, you're going to na- you know, we'll go to Naughty Boys home? And he's, he said, no, I'm, no, I'm not, I'm not going to sleep. I go, okay. I thought, bloody hell, he's not going to say so. I, oh, I, they're I, calling it bluff, yeah, right? I know. So I put him in the car. In oh, the, in good the, work. You know, I thought, you know, we're in the driveway and, you know, that'll be enough to freak him out. He's like, nah, he's not. He's, he's still, he's still going, no, nah, I'm not going to sleep. I go, okay, well, you know, we got a naughty boy, so I mean, I'd already said you, you're allowed one toy. That's the rule, naughty boy, so I don't make the rules. He's like, how long will I be there? I, I don't know. Until you go to sleep, I guess, and they'll call me and I'll come get you, I guess. It could be a day, it could be a few weeks. I don't know. <laughs> and so we, uh, we start driving off. I thought, as soon as I start driving, you'll, you'll say, no, okay, I'll go to sleep, Daddy. And no, he did not. And, Just uh, possum eyes yeah. in the rear vision, calling you bluff. And we're down at Mornington, right? We're down at Mornington Peninsula. It was over summer. And uh, so I'm driving around Mornington just going, what am I doing? What? <laughs> What time is this? I this is like during a day. I cannot, it, was like, it was like an afternoon nap. So oh, I, was, right. I was like pulling over every like 50 metres going, okay, buddy, you, 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 you're going to go to sleep, yeah? Goes, no, I'm not going to go to sleep. <laughs> Bloody hell. <laughs> I kept on driving and I thought, oh, how, do I, how do I kind of, uh, how do I deal with it? I can't lose. And uh, I, um, I ended up thinking, okay, I need to find a place. I need to put him to a driveway. I need to yeah. find a place that looks scary enough to be a naughty boy. But so. closed, hopefully. So but, you don't but have to go closed, in. Exactly. <laughs> so I think, but it's, it's Mornington. Everything's quite nice. The beach houses down there. Yes, of course. <laughs> but then I think, Frankston's 20 minutes away. So, <laughs> so I drive to Frankston and I find this perfect place. It's got like the steel gates and it's got like a, in my memory, there's like a cloud over that property just along the straining with thunder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I pull into the driveway. And I go, okay, buddy, this is it. This is the naughty boy's home. And he goes a bit quiet. And I, I get, I said, you want to go home? He goes, no, I don't want to sleep. I'm like, okay, okay. So I get out of the car. <laughs> now, what am I? What am I doing? I'm going to, you know. And I, I, I've got my hand on his handle, and then I hear a voice from the, uh, the from the, the patio of the place going, uh, "Can I help you there, mate?" I go, oh, is this, is this number like thirty six? Is this? And he's like, nah, this is four, 522, mate. I'm like, oh, okay. Yep. Yeah. Okay, wrong place, wrong place. Sorry. <laughs> so I drive back. Not a word, not a word is, is spoken. But then when I get home, mm. there's a, a van in the, in the, uh, in the, in the, um, in the driveway because we had called Mr. Antenna earlier on right. because he had the problem. And I said, oh. They've come. That's, that's it. They've come to get you. Oh that's my naughty, god! That's a naughty boy's own van. And he's like, okay, I'm going to sleep. I will go to sleep. I will go to sleep. <laughs> you had one shot left. Oh, I, I was. I was about to give up and say because he, he 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 was. He said to me like, there is no naughty boy's home, is there? On the yeah. way back, and I was like, well. We'll see. That's what you we'll want to see. believe. We'll see about that, Roll the dice, buddy. Roll the dice. This is so brilliant because now I know that if Louis really pushes me, I must call Mr. Antenna. Yes. yes. It's very important. Yeah. Have a van oh, around. Yes. yes. It's, yeah. it's interesting what you say. Hi, I'm Mia Friedman, and I have no filter. Not in life, not in work, and especially not on my podcast. 
I've heard you're very good at sex. I told you that before. And it always makes you blush. But it's what I've heard. I don't know what to say to that, man. Well, imagine if I said, I've heard you're really shit. Every fortnight, I speak to some of the world's most interesting people about life, their career, what makes them tick. From Elizabeth Gilbert. You know, I sort of did whatever work had to be done. To Sam Armitage. This happens in my life all the time. You go viral, it blows up. You take yourself off social media for a few days and people move on and find somebody else to hate. It's the podcast where too much information is never enough. Subscribe to No Filter in iTunes or your favourite podcast app. That's oh. Will Anderson, the yeah. person who you can hear talking. He's Hello. just tr- trying to get his um, headphones working and everything like that. I was. I did it. He's I was like, a... I could not hear myself in my cans. I love Michelle. that you're self-servicing. You can handle your own cans, and I love that about Mate, you. Mate, I like to handle my own cans, yeah. and I think it's important for men to handle their own cans <laughs> occasionally. Know, Check for lumps. How many don't know how to handle their own cans? Well, I mean, that's the thing. I mean, you've got to handle your own cans before you're branching out to other people's cans. But I was as far trying to help I'm you. Can you handle day. another man's cans? Oh, Matt handles other people's cans. <laughs> well, that's, I mean, Matt's been oh, in the Wu Tang Clan. We're here. Yeah. Were you handling their it was cans? A right fondle fest. Yeah. All their cans. Well, here's the thing, though, Matt. You're a professional, yeah. and I would trust you to handle my cans. Right. If you were like some work experience guy, I'm but a can handled man. That's what I look at you. I'm like, this is a man who's been around radio stations. Yeah. This is a man who's handled cans <laughs> from back when they were old school cans, oh, yeah. not oh, yeah. not just these modern cans. No, they were actually tin cans. Tin cans when he started. on bits of string. <laughs> string. That's what radio was yes. when he started, That's and he what handled I am. those. Yes, and yes. you should have seen him with the clan Wu Tang Clan. They were that stoned. Will they? Honestly, they were off their faces yeah. and gorgeous about. It, I mean, but they could barely handle their own cans, if you one, know what I'm saying. I one mean, of the clan said just this for the entire interview. No beef, no pork. I feel like one of the clan He's is vegan. Said, I feel like one of the I feel like one of the clan, to be honest, has just been saying that up the back. Yeah. Like <laughs> I mean I, I love when the Wu Tang Clan comes to Australia because the best thing about it is like half of the originals can't travel. Yeah. Because of like the gun laws and like you know having criminal things and like yeah. they basically can't make it. So yeah. there's always like a ring or two. There's yeah. always like just like oh this is me mate Gary. Yeah. Like, yeah. Oh no yeah. Gary's been in, oh, he's been up the back of the, he's been totally woo for yeah. ages. There's one of the old Wiggles in there. You know yeah. there's a, a couple well, of high five kids in uh, there. And now the thing is seeing all the ghetto kids from Malvern and stuff come out. Yeah. To yeah see yeah, the clan because yeah. we. You know, we, we don't really have any real. Oh no, yeah. It's, I mean, I'm a, a hip hop fan, and like you know, you do yeah. really understand. We're very white though. Oh, do you realise it when you go overseas? Because I was listening to uh, Jay Z's new album when I was in Washington doing some gigs, and it had just come wow. out, and there was this like great track on it where I suddenly realised I cannot be singing any of this out loud. <laughs> like you know, when you're walking around kind of humming the thing, and you're yeah. like, oh no, white guy, no, you no. can't be saying any yeah. of these words. You've got to do your own radio edits. You. <laughs> The thing. They must come here and think they've walked into yes. prom night at their own concerts. I know it's yes. crazy. And because you work in the states a lot, you, you these days you spend you, you live there most of the time. You spend mm. most of your time touring and doing stand up, living the stand up dream. However, this year, yeah. is things have gotten really difficult for you because of one selfish man. Well, yeah, my local member of parliament is he your local? Mo- Malcolm Turnbull. Oh, Malcolm Turnbull, right. Who, 
had like no like d- just ruined my life with right. this double dissolution. Right. Like it's like he doesn't even care about people in his local electorate who are just trying to make a decent living. Yeah. But oh no no, I want to have Mate, an I early election. Everyone in his electorate has made quite a decent living if he yeah, represents where he lives, you're or does he skip okay. across to another electorate? No no, that's a good point. He's made. I mean, <laughs> yeah, you're going okay. We're all doing fine, yeah. but but, you know. but the thing is, of course, Will has to do the Gruen yes. series for the election whenever the election is. Mm. So well, we, don't, we don't know yet. Well, well it's a 102-day campaign for an election that hasn't been called. Yeah, it's going to be July 2. There's okay. absolutely no way it's not going to be July 2. Okay. So um, you just wouldn't announce all this sort of stuff and okay. not make it July well, 2. Okay. Why don't you just pay the crossbenchers mm-hmm. to pass that legislation and then he's stuffed? I mean, I feel like that's against the law. <laughs> I haven't, I haven't, well, looked, I haven't looked it up. Like, I mean, I, I will need to check a lawyer, but I imagine paying off politicians. <laughs> What's never happened before? Uh, yeah, but I'm not sure you're just allowed to directly do it like that. I think I've got to get a lobbying group together, yeah. and then they've got to make relationships yeah. in Canberra. Surely we can and then, donate. Oh yeah, yes. I've got to Some donate. And then eight, commas. That'd be what it would be. Like yeah. 18 months from now, when they finally publish the <laughs> donations, it'd be like, gee, Will Anderson's uh, stand-up show <laughs> and Gruen have donated big money to yeah. Ricky Muir. Is it tax deductible? Yeah. No. And Clive Palmer got a bit too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just any random element. Actually, Ricky Muir, uh, I love Ricky Muir because we accidentally elected somebody who represents us. But I also love him because it knocks me down. I'm from a place called Denison, which has 354 people. And mm-hmm. I was always confident, like cocky. <laughs> even I will say, about the fact that whatever else happened in my career, I would always be the most famous person from Denison. Uh-huh. I reckon I'm number two now. Is yeah. he from Denison? He's Denison. Number no. two in, in all the you know tangents of that phrase. Right. Do the Andersons because know it, the Muirs? I mean, is there any talk around well, town? It, in it, breeding? It's hard not to. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I right. mean, there's 354 people. It's hard to be snobby about who you hang out with. You've got <laughs> two of the same nanas. <laughs> right. Is that how this is working? <laughs> you and Ricky Muir? All yeah. right. Okay. Yeah, so. Wow, that's exciting. Do you ever, like, catch up with him? Have you Facebooked him and gone, dude, what about us? Let's have a Denison night. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I guess we could. Are you, mate, if you don't, you're crazy. I mean, I should have a Denison night, like, of my show during the comedy yes. festival where yeah. I invite everyone from Denison to come and see the show and then still have to only have the room a third full. <laughs> like say, if I, and the rest of us can come so and look at all of me. you. Yes. In Denison, like, is there a town hall where the whole town can go? Yeah, we have a town hall. Right. Uh, no, uh, town hall and tennis courts. Right. Yeah, no shops. Have to go to Hayfield for the shops. Wow. Yeah, but... Uh, ta- but tennis we can keep local. We can do a tennis court. I love that. And we can have a, a town hall, but you that's it. You cannot get a racket or a ball, and, but uh, you can play tennis yeah. in Denison. Who's your most famous tennis player? I'm thinking... Ken Rosewell, perhaps. Or well, it's new. probably either either Will or yeah. Ricky yeah, Muir. Yeah, I reckon Ricky Muir. Section just 11. Like, just again on a guess. Like my, my, like my legal so, thing before, I'm going to say Ricky in that I'm not very good. I have osteoarthritis in my hips. So oh, I'm going to say Ricky might be able to hit a tennis. He's better than yeah. you these days. Mate, How is the arthritis going? You're very nimble. And I honestly, you, you never whinge about it. So I, I forget until you bring it up, something like that. You know? uh, it was interesting. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? 
For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. I was actually, uh, there was a news article that came out uh, yesterday or the day before, and it was about uh, that 3 million Australians live in some sort of chronic pain in Australia. So it's kind of the underground thing that nobody uh, is yeah. talking about, but like a huge amount of our population every day doesn't sleep properly because, you know, their pain wakes them up or has to manage their pain either by drugs or something else throughout their life. And because it's chronic pain and because it is ongoing, mm. I think that it is one of those things that's kind of, it's almost like a hidden pain. We just got a deal. Well, you must get, yeah, because yeah, people, you th- I guess you would think people get would get sick of hearing about it. It that's the kind of thing though that seems to me like it could potentially if you let it drive you crazy. Uh huge on depression yes. apparently. Like massive people who have chronic pain are really susceptible to depression. Because yeah. A- and it's like one of those things where I, I mean funnily enough every time I talk about it the amount of letters and emails and stuff that you get. Yeah. Like when I was talking about uh, using medical marijuana, I got the weirdest letters from people. I had this 80-year-old woman write to me mm. and she, she's like, uh, I've never really liked you. And I was like, well, don't start with that. I mean, <laughs> you know. That's how 80-year-old women start a yeah. letter. Right. She yeah, goes, I've never really liked you, but now I like you. And I'm like, okay, quick turnaround. Good. What, ha- what happened? Yeah. She goes, I, I have never broken the law in my entire life, um, but I have the same thing as you, osteoarthritis in my hips. And I'm like, oh, great. Also, yeah. like, A, I didn't like you. B, you have the same hips as an 80-year-old woman. So really, really loving this email so far, and Grandma. And C, I think C, you're both on the same drug. Right. Is that right? <laughs> and this is what she said. She yeah. said that she the only thing that helped her hips was uh, medical marijuana. And she felt so ashamed of it because yeah. it's illegal here for her to use that. And so she was really grateful that I'd spoken about it. But it was the sign-off of the letter that I loved the most. She goes, and by the way, I'm 80. I've never broken the law. I've paid ta- taxes all my life. And I make biscuits every day. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, that's why she's got the hips, because she's been over a stove right. for 60 years. I think, that's a good she, point. I think she wants to encourage Will not to give up the baking. Right. Yeah, and I, would, you know? I think maybe they might be cookies. And I yes. think they might be medical cookies. That's a good point. Do you do? Do you have any of those? I saw in a documentary about um, Colorado, right, in uh-huh. the States, that's the big medical marijuana place. That's right. They have like they have it in lollipops. It's like Gloria Jeans. Yeah, different ways like that. Do you, you have can, any of those? So I do. Um, Denver is the city in the US. Coincidentally, Coincidentally. where I am most popular. And so I've done like five tours through Denver. And they now have legal marijuana. So it's not just medically legal marijuana, but you can just go to a pot shop like a bottle shop. So you just walk in, uh, all the stuff's there. You can just pick what you want. They'll tell you through. And it's all sorts of like edibles and stuff like that. But the funniest thing about it is because it is like just legal at the shows, because people know about me, I'll go to the shows. And then afterwards, people will just come up and give you that little secret handshake (laughs) and put something in your hand. So I got, I did a double show on a Saturday night and I was meant to be flying out the next day. And I changed my flight from the morning until the evening because I woke up and I was like, well, I'm not going to get through all this. And, and I can't take it with can't take me. It with I can't me. take it with me, and I'm not a quitter. My dad did not raise me that way, so I set my alarm early, and I got into it, and I made a day of it. Oh my god! That's uh, it's funny for a, for a nation that had prohibition. Yeah, they're now like encouraging. I saw some well, of those lollipops, and that are like really potent as well. Oh uh, yeah, I mean you do have to be careful, and this is the thing about legalizing it. I mean, but the problem is, like in Australia at the moment, when you talk about this issue, it, if you think that prohibition is for us not to be doing it, then it's already failed because. Because yes. Australia yeah. per capita has the highest rate use of uh, marijuana in the entire world. So per capita, highest rate well, in the entire world. Well, it's hard to get the hard drugs to us. We're a long way away. 
And we do love our pot. Like I, I know that in a suburban context, <laughs> a pot is very big at your family barbecues and yes. yeah, all that kind of and stuff. And has we, been for decades. Yeah, we love right. our pot. It's one of those things where um, so it's already happening. Yeah. So what they've managed to do over there is like in Colorado, for example, they made $25 million in taxes right. in the first. And it's been great for tourism, obviously. They've yeah. got a lot of tourism out of it. But the biggest thing is a third of people uh, who are on prescription, who have had overdosed the prescription uh, medication, mm-hmm. a third's gone down. So it's like saved lives. Right, that's, which is where chronic pain yeah. comes into play. Wow. And my mum was a chronic pain nurse. The worry is, are all these medical marijuana lollipops going to boost up diabetes? You know, and like it's the administrative I mean, way. That is know? a good point. And like you've, you got to, you've got to consider that, Matt. That you is can't a good point. Smoke it because we're trying to stop smoking. Yeah. Like the best way to ingest it's going to be what lettuce. Medical I don't know, marijuana but in, but in I mean, well, it's already green. Yes, yeah. it is. I mean, it's already it's a plant. parsley. It's the devil's parsley. It right? could be the new kale. <laughs> Just whack it on I your salad it. or but your scrambled yeah. eggs. In all seriousness, you've maintained your girlish figure. Will you're very slim? I mean, are you? Are you, you don't have munchies. You don't. You don't. It's not. You don't look like no, you're eating burritos all it. day. Let's Is clear it? that up. Well, you've got to be the one you've got to do because they can take all those things out of various things. But the one you've got to be careful about. There's this one that is like a, a medical popcorn, right? Oh, oh funny. That's. Tr- that's problematic because what <laughs> yeah. happens is you have like some of yeah. the medical popcorn and then you just, geez, I'd like some popcorn. <laughs> 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 that one's a bit of an endless circle, right. I've got to be honest oh, with you. Uh, a friend of mine who has a sleep apnea device and has to put it in every night so oh. that he you know, doesn't die in his sleep and it's quite a big like mask. My dad's got one. Right. Yeah. And it's a big procedure, right? And he was over and he had tried some of this popcorn and we've been like kind of, he'd not known about the fact to stop eating the popcorn when you get the munchies. <laughs> yeah. And I'd gone to bed and he tells me because he's staying at my place he tells me he looked around the apartment for half an hour to find this thing that like couldn't it had to be in the apartment it's not like someone's broken in unless bane from the batman <laughs> movies has broken in for a new mask like no one's stealing <laughs> a sleep apnea no. device yeah. uh he had it in the whole time on his face on his face oh, like, <laughs> like when you can't find your sonny's <laughs> He only found it when he tried to eat more popcorn right. and realised. <laughs> so you do have to be careful. I'm not. Wow, God, yeah. weekends right. at your place have always been great, but I think they got better. Yeah, so no, but it saves lives. I mean, that's the thing. If it's regulated, what we do here, it's a black economy. So uh, essentially, yes. at the moment, all the money's going to yeah to drug dealers, to criminals and stuff. You could put it into the health system, you could tax it, and you could regulate it in the same way as we regulate alcohol and tobacco and all those sort of things. That's because that's gone well. Yeah, <laughs> but at least we can pay some taxes now. I, I hear you. It's like a consumer tax. If, we can't, if we can't now, get our biggest corporations to pay tax, can we at least get our drug users to, Matt? Right, That's exactly. all I'm asking. I agree. It's a new GST. It's a noble position. Let's yes. put the green in GST. That's us, what I say. Which brings us back to the election because <laughs> you're saying it's going to stuff your year. Can't you just say no to Gruen? Or do you oh, feel compelled to have to? Can't say it's no part to of the nation's. Ruin. Oh well, I'm just saying it's part of the nation's build up to the election. I, I love it, but I mean, I can say no, Matt. That's I don't want to be truth. the boss of you. Don't, well, I mean, could you? Because sometimes I feel like I don't make great decisions for myself, and things have gone well for you. So if you've got some spare time, could you make a few decisions? I'm not for election me? dependent, unless they call a state one. Then I'm all over. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, but we need you. I feel like Gruen actually yeah, feels. I do too. A really important because the chaser bob in and out, but yeah. in terms of that accountability piss take angle and and filter, it actually serves mm. a very serious purpose. I think to filter all the bullshit in a way that we can understand it, assess it, make decisions about it. Yeah, the problem is that we kind of had to, we we expected because the kind of assumption was going to be it was August, September, October, and so we right. kind of asked people and the ABC asked us to keep those sort of months free. Mm. But the problem is, you know, that's a big crew, a lot of staff, all those sort of people. 
Some of them have other things to do. So at the moment, we're making a lot of frenzied phone calls. Right. Todd's in the Himalayas, it turns out. (laughs) We didn't even know that. Of course. Todd hasn't got back to me for three days. I'm like, where's Todd? And someone goes, the Himalayas. And I'm like, oh, Todd. Russell's around. I saw him on Friday. He's around. He'd be having a lunch. He's fine. Russell's fine. He's got a lanyard on. He's just having a lunch somewhere. He's fine. Yeah, that's right. Russell's at the footy with a lanyard on or at the GP with a lanyard on or at a lunch with a lanyard on. He's available. Yeah, he's fine. Yeah, you got a lanyard, he's going to be there. Right. Yeah, yeah. But we may need to do a couple of episodes on Everest or something if Todd wants to be involved. <laughs> be cold in those T-shirts up on the top of Everest, you would think. <sighs> I mean, he'd have a thermal. You know what I mean? Like he could have a thermal Imagine T-shirts. Imagine the T-shirts he'll bring back, though. Oh, exciting. I can't wait to see them. The Himalayan T-shirts. Right. <laughs> be a bit goofy, I think. Can't wait. We love you so much. Thanks, Will. Let's just Thank tell everyone much. some stuff about your show, though. Okay. Fire at Will is what it's called. You are, at this moment, five-time winner of the People's Choice Award Melbourne Comedy Festival. I assume that will move to six in a couple of weeks. Um, f- be fast. Be quick when you book because this you sell out every year. Even though you go bigger and bigger rooms, more and more people come. So get your tickets very quick. Buy, buy early, buy many to fire at will. <laughs> I mean, you don't have to buy many. Just buy the acceptable amount. Buy however many you need. Buy as many as you need. Maybe one extra. Don't buy know. more than you need. Are you sure. Uh, no, I don't want empty you know seats. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. I'm Just an excessive person. Buy I one want... for yourself. Right. Oh, I better need a spare seat in case I want to lie yeah. down. Yeah. Or <laughs> I had all those. I just put all these homeless guys in. I thought that okay. would be. What if you I know, pull nice on the tram? Them? Oh yeah, that's a good point. I could pull on the tram, guys. If you feel like you're going to pull on the tram, get one extra. Thank you. All right, time to place a call to Fleety. Uh, well, I mean, the fact is I've already placed this call to Greg Fleet, but I wanted to drop in and let you know that it sounds a lot like I'm heavy breathing in this conversation, but actually I was standing in my backyard next to the chook pen and my chook was scratching at something, so please believe me, I haven't just, like, dialed in a breather to Greg Fleet. Not that I think he'd mind too much. I'm good. I've finally got my app working, so I'm recording you. You must be warned. <laughs> You're recording me now? I'm recording you right now. Okay. So don't disgrace yourself, please. Or do, but but know that it will be broadcast. But you, I'm in the festival ready, right? Because you've already done it. Yeah, I've got to... Um, oh, it's, kind of, it's a very first world problem, but I've got to lose some time out of the show, and it's really like, oh... It's murderous, you know, when you kind of, it's it's like you keep going, oh, well, I'll just, I, I actually, in Adelaide, I lost a whole chunk. I just went, I'll just take that chunk out. And my tech who'd been watching the show every night said, gee, it makes your family life seem really depressing, like without <laughs> the, the fun bit, you know. So I was like, oh, fuck, I can't do that. So there's like, so the next theory, which Roz and I are going to try tonight, is to cut a little bit out of everything. Yeah, right. Don't cut uh, the misery, though. That, that's not the Greg Fleet way. No, no, no. There's got to be misery. Yeah, but um, yeah, but it was uh, there's so much misery that I just chose to cut the only fun bit. And went on. Oh, no, I better put that back. Because <laughs> it changed, though, didn't it? Was it was it was originally supposed to be kind of from the book, from the most yeah. recent book. 
Yeah, and look, it's, a lot of it still is, but it's also, it's more kind of concerned now with what makes someone behave that way and then what happened after, as well as some of the stuff from the book. You know, there's still, there's a couple of gory stories for the, you know, for the fans of that stuff, but it was originally just going to be, you know, Greg Fleet 101, a whole lot of bleak drug-taking stories, and it's not really that anymore at all. It's quite beautiful now. That's just so, I mean, whatever made you think in an hour you could fit in that plus what makes a person act that way and what... <laughs> <laughs> oh, don't get me wrong, I talk fast. <laughs> and there's also, there's, have you ever seen the film Magnolia? Yeah. You know that bit in Magnolia where suddenly this Amy Mann song comes on and all the characters kind of mouth along to it and they cut between yeah. characters? That's how the show starts. I do a whole bit of that. So there's this weird homage to Magnolia at the start, which takes up a good five minutes. <laughs> and also makes everyone go, oh, I've got a feeling this isn't going to be funny. Yeah, but don't yeah. cut that out, for Christ's sake. No, no, it's great. I love that. It sets the tone of weirdness. And it's like, you know, yeah. What does make a person act that way? And what way are we talking about in particular? Well, that we're just the drug addiction and the, you know, the, yeah, right. the lying and the... The lying, and then you know, eventually the theft and all that stuff. You know, so uh, yeah, what makes someone, you know, who has you know ability and all that kind of stuff, behave in such a ridiculous way, and for so long, for like three decades. I mean, Bob Franklin said to me once. He said he just read this great, this excellent book um, called The Failure of the War on Drugs by this guy called. Oh, God, I can't remember his name. He's There's a great TED Talk by him called Everything You Thought You Knew About Addiction Is Wrong. Mm. And But Bob said to me, look, most... He said, from what I, from what I can understand, Fleet, you most drug addicts stop after 10 years or die. He said, why did you keep going for three times that long? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, did, yeah. I think you're more, more likable than most drug addicts too, and so people like to take care of you, don't they? Well, that certainly was the case, but I mean that becomes that happens less and less as time goes on. And what I've been what I've been made very aware of since stopping, and it's probably only through stopping that I would notice any of this, is uh, how much you know. There is a great deal of love and a great deal of um, you know uh, goodwill for me out there, but there is also a lot of people who have either been pushed over the edge or has never accepted what was going on, or I don't know, I'm not exactly sure what, but um, there's, a, there's also way more anger and, and, and you know, need for punishment out there than I thought existed. Really? For you? Yeah, I know. How, how can that be? Well, I'm so marvellous. I actually am surprised, actually. I yeah, I was a little bit surprised because I mean I've just got used to behaving that way for so long. I thought well, everyone thinks it's charming. <laughs> Apparently not. I don't um, think I don't know if everyone thought it was charming, but I thought everyone was kind of like, nah, it's just pleading. Yeah, that's what I Then about it, but nah. Well, I, it sort of seems like there are certain people that now that I've got it together, a they're either I can fully understand people assuming it's just a short term thing and it's going to fall apart again, but that's not going to happen. Yeah. And uh, but the other thing is, there seems to be people who, and I know this is the case. There are certain people who, at various points, especially over the last two or three years, where there were a few false, you know, false springs or false dawns, where it was like, you know, this is it. This time for real, everything's great for a couple of months, and then it fell apart. People who felt like they were in on that that process and and helping me get through that, when it went to shit, they were very disappointed, obviously. But now that I've Managed to get it together again. I think, and this is this is 
kind of childish and strange, but it's almost like people feel annoyed that their version didn't work and they're really resentful <laughs> of this one. <laughs> Which is really childish, but if you think about comics and what they're like, it's very yeah. much how a comic would be. Like, you know. I guess. I mean, don't yeah. you think it's strange that we all, and I'm as guilty of it as anyone, that we're all, we've all kind of bought into you a bit, like we... <laughs> I feel like we own a bit of you. Like, oh, but I love that. Thank God that exists because otherwise I'd be the loneliest man on earth. But, you but know. we all feel like it's okay to read a book about addiction and then just kind of give you a bit about it. And, you know? yeah, 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 well, that's good. <laughs> but, I mean, you know, it, it, I think, you know, it's a bit Paul Keating in that I, I kind of feel like this is a victory for the true believers because there are certain people, and I count you as one of them, who stuck with me through whatever. And, you know, there have been times when people are very pissed off with me or whatever, but people like you and Mooney and, and, you know, quite a lot of people, a lot more people than I thought, have stuck by it, and and that's beautiful. And, and if this is, you know, if I now achieve as much as I can and do all the right things, and then I, I feel I really want to share it with those people. You know? Yeah, nice. Um, yeah. Now, without going into detail um, about your love life, yeah. I remember you telling me not long ago that there was a lady in your life who is great, mm-hmm. yeah. but that her friends, when they found out that, that you were a couple, yeah. ac- accused her of having a breakdown. Yeah, and said things to her like, hey, um, you know, uh, all right, well, I just want you to know that when it goes to shit, I've got your back. <laughs> <laughs> not if, not when. And I imagine those people are furious as I sit back and sip some of our wine and our beautiful new husband. <laughs> <laughs> Never in all my days have I heard anyone accused of having a breakdown because of who they chose to go out with. That's <laughs> I know, I know. She's had, a, she's had a breakdown and he's just burning her bank <laughs> <laughs> But it's all going well by the sounds of the fact that you're drinking your wine, that you're sharing oh, yeah. wine. I'm just sitting at my desk in the office looking at the whiteboard with some of the things I have to get done this week. Have you got a whiteboard? Got a whiteboard, got a got a planner on the other wall. Yeah, okay. whatever. Okay. <laughs> this is happening. This is happening. <laughs> it's amazing. It's really oh, great. It's really God. lovely. But um we want to have you over for dinner. Yeah, and I want to come. Let's do it. Great. Let's get this um, festival up and running and let's do it. Yeah, absolutely. And uh I don't know, we'll uh you know, you bring someone or not bring someone, whatever you want. And uh we had we had a weird combo the night. We had um two people who rose Notes from yoga, who teaches yoga with, and uh, and Peter Milne. Oh, great. But it was fantastic. It was really great. I used to go, I went to a couple of yoga classes with Ros like about 20 years ago. And I didn't oh, yeah. know, like I knew who she was. She didn't know who I was. But yeah. she just did the most amazing headstand and I was like, fuck, I've got to go. Like, I'm just not up to this. <laughs> yeah. She was just on her head for like an hour. And I was like, yeah, fuck that. I've been... Um, I did one class, she, she did, ran me through a class, which was fine. It was very low level and it was here. It wasn't like out in public. Right. But, um, but I've, been, uh, I've been doing tennis lessons with a guy called Dita. Wow. Uh, I know, I've lost my mind. You've got a whiteboard and you're doing tennis lessons. I know. I can send you a photo of me playing tennis and laugh your head off. You know what, like, cop that doubters. Cop that yeah, I know, doubters. I know. Oh, he's had a breakdown now. <laughs> he started playing tennis. <laughs> <laughs> or it's like, oh, Greg Fleet, it's, it's some really elaborate scam to try and get hold of the Australian Open Trophy in Hockey. <laughs> it's a really long game I'm playing. 
Yeah, some, somehow he gets people to hit heroin at him. I don't know how. He yeah. does it, I don't know how he does it. It's from when he was inside and they used to chuck tennis balls over the wall for his beer. I was thinking about the other day. Was that ever real or was that like yeah, a so. prisoner? Oh, no, no, that was real because I knew a guy who was in prison and he said people used to do that. Yeah. I bet you did. Mm, yeah, I knew a bloke, yeah. I'm probably still was in prison. Not a scumbag. No, 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 no. Just falling on hard times. <laughs> I'm going to let you go, finish your wine and go off to your right. gig. And I'm I'll sure that's, is that acceptable for the radio? Well, we told her that it's fine. It's fucking great, mate. It's okay, great. cool. It's mostly right. podcasts from yeah, my great. Yeah, and some selected highlights for the wireless. Beautiful. Thank you. Right, I'm well, so glad you and Ros are still great. Yeah, and we're definitely... Um, uh, so when's is it best after... Yeah, free after festival. We'll, yeah. We'll, but we'll stay in touch and we'll... Um, you know, if you're doing any podcasting or anything and you want any anyone yeah. to give me a yell during the fest. I do. And, I'm, uh, um, I'm producing a show in the festival. Did I tell you? I think so. Who is it? Who shows it? Shirley Hood. She's a lady who won Deadly a couple of years ago. Oh, great. Yeah. So I've um, got that kind of first festival nerves, weirdly. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, I'll go and see. What time is it on? It's on at 6. I'll be able to see that because I'm on 7.30, so... Oh, that would be unreal if you can ever get in there, but yeah, so I'm nervous. I just want to get that up and running and then I can think about everything else in life. Yeah, great. And all right, well, we'll um, we'll, we'll keep talking and, uh, yeah. and yeah, we'll get you over for some some uh, vegetarian dinner. Wow. And I'm going to have know. a look at... The, I'm going to have to see the whiteboard, mate. I'm going to... <laughs> yeah, no, it's there. Yeah. I can... Uh, it's got... Um, it's got you. Uh, it's got books, good son, hair trimmer, Wikipedia, showreel, agent, accountant, buy more books. That's great. Side. And then there's Rose's side, but yeah, the my side, the important side. Her side's like headstand for ages. <laughs> headstand for ages. Yeah. Uh, love fleet. Uh, yeah. Pay attention to fleet. Pretend to buy be more wine. Fleet. Buy more wine. Oh. He's drinking it all. Um, <laughs> and get over your break now. Um, <laughs> Uh, All right, right, I'm going to go. Love you. I love you too. Talk to you soon. Bye. Bye, Dom. Okay, it's time for Dave Husey Hughes. Good. Good. You'll hear a few beeps because I'm recording you on my phone. Oh, brilliant. I'm just, uh, um, yep, yeah, all good. What are you doing? Well, I'm about to get some lunch and then go into the radio. I'm just in uh, Lenox Street, so where are you? You're at home or? Uh, I'm just heading home now from the radio, so it's just this year. We cool. just did um, mm. Melissa McCarthy interview, so I'm running late. Fun? Yeah, she was awesome. She was so kind, and she must be sick to death of talking about it, but good. Well, you know, it was a good movie. I thought it was funny. I didn't say all of it, so I had to go somewhere, but yeah, she's in really good form, I would say. Same. I thought it was perfect. It was peak Melissa McCarthy, I thought. She's a, a winner, you know. She, as I said to her, I think she's the number one movie comedy star in the world right now. So yeah, good nice. Now, here's Absolutely. a segue for you. Um, somebody asked me the other day who the biggest comic in Australia was, and I said it was you. 
Do you reckon? Right. Well, look, I am in a way. Look, that sounds sounds conceited by saying that. But, you know, Carl Barron sells most tickets. There's no doubt about that. Yeah. You know, it is what it is. But, yeah, I mean, like, I appreciate you saying that. That's lovely. So, look, I'm probably probably the most well-known. Doesn't mean you sell the most tickets, though. Do you know what I mean? It doesn't. But I just said in the intro to this podcast that... You know, it's festival season all around Australia, which means for a lot of people, they just see a lot more photos of you than usual in their uh, <laughs> <laughs> in their city centre and in their newspapers, stuff like that. Does Look, it feel that no way? Doubt that I, yeah, I'm, uh, my face <laughs> screams comedy, so hopefully, <laughs> I think that might help other people who sell tickets. They see my God, God, I was sitting in, but we'll go see someone else. So, yeah, so. <laughs> oh, you've had some stunning photo shoots. That GQ one from whenever that was. Man, what a handsome, handsome photo shoot. Did you love it? Look, I think, you know, I mean, I think that I've got, I genuinely think that I've got more handsome as I've got older. I agree. I was was staying from a low base, so, but, uh, (laughs) yeah, I'm I'm happy. happy. I don't know what it is. I think my my features are growing. As you get older, you know, every feature grows, and I think that's sort of, they're turning into where they should be. It's funny, yeah, because I've been looking at your features for over 20 years, and I, I agree with you. I think you are... You're like a fine bottle of wine, Cusy. <laughs> look, I'm. Uh, thank you, Michelle. And you look great too. By the oh, way, you look you great. Great. You're on the billboards too, right? Yeah, yeah. No worries. No worries. <laughs> hey, um, how does it go for you doing publicity? Like when you're now talking to people all over the country about your show, do you get sick of it? Do you find new ways to make it interesting for yourself? Yeah, I no, I, I look, I'm, I, I don't knock anyone back if they've got any interest in me, to be honest, because yeah. um, you know any, 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 any dude, you know, some uni student's got his own, uh, you know, blog that he's doing. He'll, I'll do an interview with anyone because I'm happy with anyone taking an interest in me. And yeah. you know, I don't do that much publicity because, well, as you probably know, when you're, once you're aligned to one sort of a network, a radio network in particular. No yep. one else will talk to you, really. So that's true. Yeah. Yeah, and, and your own network figure as well. So I don't, <laughs> I don't do that much publicity. But oh yeah, I'm up for a photo in the paper if anyone wants to talk. I don't get sick of talking about myself, surprisingly. <laughs> yeah. Well, I know you never get tired of people recognising you, which is, I think I'm going to err on the side of generous of you rather than anything else. <laughs> yeah, in deeply insecure. Yeah, look, I don't. I gen- yeah, I don't. I'm happy for, you know, as we're talking, a woman just walked past me and gave me that look like that OMG look, you know? Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I mean, I respect this interview too much to uh, to stop talking to you to get a photo with her, but, it, you know, I certainly would have. If we hadn't been talking, I would have got yeah, a photo sure. with her. So, yeah, I'm happy. And I might, you know, if someone gets a photo with you, they might put it on their social media and hopefully talk you up and someone else might come and see you or something. So I think it's any interaction with the public, you know, it can be a good PR moment if you uh, treat it the right way, and I'm happy yeah. to interact. I just saw, when I was sitting downstairs at the hotel for my Melissa McCarthy interview, I saw uh, Stefan Dennis, you know, he plays Paul yes, on Neighbours. of course. And he walked past, and he, he looked at me very, very much as though he wanted me to recognise him. <laughs> and then yeah. he actually, he cut more than one lap of reception down there. And I yeah, thought, I do that. I do that as well. Really? I mean, I'm hard. Really? I'm heartbroken when people don't. Well, look, I live in St Kilda, and there's a stack of backpackers who are breathing the town, and they do not know me. So, you know, I just don't get the service I, I get at other places, you know, in my home <laughs> suburb, which is really disappointing. <laughs> Recently, someone, I ordered a coffee, and I'm sitting down, and I thought I had a moment with the, you know, attractive waitress, and then five minutes later, I'm like, where's my coffee? You know, uh, my coffee hasn't turned up, and she said, oh, I forgot about you. 
I'm like, oh, yeah, that's no. just heartbreaking. <laughs> forgot about. From England. We got her on the radio, actually, and she was, you know, very glad to tell anyone listening that she had no idea who I was. So, oh, you know, I got to no. suck it up. Oh, Husey. Did you do that one? <laughs> <laughs> not easy. Not easy. I mean, we all have our, we all have our crosses to bear, you know, to carry or whatever you do with a cross. I don't know. How are you going with the kids in terms of your fame? Like, do they... My kids are starting to say to me, I know you're famous, Mum, but you're not as famous as Taylor Swift, you know, stuff like that. I mean, where are your kids with that stuff? Well, it certainly doesn't get me any extra respect. No. I mean, I <laughs> I think maybe because they know I'm a comedian, they think they can just, just mock me the whole time, you know? So <laughs> they do what Kate Lambrook does to me on the radio and just bloody demean me, you know, 24-7. <laughs> To the point where I had the other day, I said to my son, I said, mate, are you, are you this rude to anyone else? And he goes, no, just you. I'm like, oh, that's, that's, I suppose that's comforting. I don't know. But, yeah, I'm going to have to get it, you know, somehow try to get some, um, some, I don't know, conjure some fear from somewhere that I can, you know, lay down the law. So it's, it won't um, be from Kate. You, you two have got the most incredible relationship many working pair I've ever observed. Like, I'm so glad you're working together again because it's like... It seems like it's, there's a weird hole in the space-time continuum when you two aren't absolutely tormenting each other. Yeah, radio. Yeah, it's, it's a yeah. It's turned into a yeah. I think it's, we've been together so long. It's a brother sisterly uh, relationship, and uh, yeah, and you know, yeah, there's certainly we're you know taking our dissing of each other to new levels. I think so. It's full on to walk in on, mate. Marty Sheegold used to say to me, he goes, going on their show is like. It's like a cross between being interrogated and being in a boxing ring. Like, it's just <laughs> terrifying. Like, you just don't know where the next jab's coming from, you know? Well, Kate's the jabber. I'm the I'm, I'm forever ducking and weaving, you know? So <laughs> I'm glad that someone else turns up to cop a bit of the heat every now and again. So, uh, no, it's fun, though. Yeah, and she's like, every now and again, it hasn't happened for years, I would... I would push it too far, and I, I, and I wouldn't realise, and I'd say something, and then I'd get that look, oh, my God, I've gone too far there. <laughs> it's like, can you go too far with Kate? Well, you can't. Not, not as much anymore. You used to be able to, but not anymore, really. So, I mean, having touch wood, I'll say that now, and today I'll say something ridiculous and get in trouble. So, no, but we are, we're getting more comfortable as the years roll on, which is good. You sound disappointed that it's harder these days. <laughs> yeah, I oh, know, believe me. In the moment, I'm not disappointed. Her brother came in the other day. He was meant to bring some massive bloody... Uh, her mother won something on sale of the century, the quiz show years ago, some massive wow. punch bowl, and he was meant to bring it down from Queensland for the for 80th birthday party, and he was jo- and we brought him into the studio, and we thought he'd have it with him, and he, he didn't have it with him, and like he thought it was funny, but it wasn't. <laughs> no, it was, it was, I literally, he had his whole family with him, his wife and adult, three adult children, yeah. and it was at the end of the show on a Friday, and, and it ended really weird, and I, I, and then after the, like, you know, we were off air, and I said, guys, I'm just going to go now, I must have been there. <laughs> well, she, no, she still has the fire when she wants to bring it out. <laughs> I bet. Oh, God, I'm getting scared just thinking about it. Now, before mm. I let you go, I've got to tell you that I spoke to some kids the other day who were doing their first comedy festival shows and uh, we got onto the subject of how great comedy is because you can roll up to do a gig and find yourself at a gig with an idol. Like when I was a young comic, I might get to the Prince Pat and find out Judith Lucy was on that night as well, you know? And, yeah, absolutely. And, and the three of them said, yeah, when they get to a gig and find out Hughes on, it's really exciting. And they said, particularly at this time of year before the comedy festival, you might jag Husey trying out material and 
Isn't that great? It is great. I'm doing it more and more, actually. I really, you know, I just, I'm, I mean, I, you know, as you know, I love stand-up comedy, and I've yeah. been just popping into different venues all over town, and it's just, that's the thrill of it's still right there for me every single night. Yeah, and I'm happy to to hang out with young comics. There's a lot of funny people around, so you know, yeah. which is, and it's, it's good to think that that gives them a thrill because I'm bloody thrilled to be there as just as much as they are. Yeah, nice. Do you remember who it was when you were a young comic? Who who used to show up to gigs to see that. Yeah, it was uh, Russell Gilbert and Eric Banner, I reckon. Um, yeah. yeah. The first couple of, oh my God, here they are, they're in the room. So, yeah, it was, uh, yeah, it was amazing. You think I'm going to share the stage with someone who's a TV star, you know, and it was, uh, yeah. yeah, it was brilliant. It was brilliant to tell your friends you're on the same bill as, as those guys and, uh, you know, Glenn Robbins as well and Judith Lucy, definitely. Yeah. So, yeah, absolutely. I'll let you go and have your lunch so you can get into work. Thank you so much. I know the show's called Sweet, right? And then we've got Melbourne left. Anywhere else after Melbourne? Still yeah, starts? Melbourne, Sydney and Perth are on sale. So Melbourne, Sydney, Perth. You can go to davehues.com.au. And uh, you know what? Mate, you know, I'm not Carl Barron, so there is still tickets available. Yeah, right? Come sure. along. Let's, <laughs> so. let's help him out sell Carl Barron. And if you see him <laughs> in the street in any of those cities, please get your photo taken with him. It really, it really makes him stay. Yeah, I, people say, I'm sorry to bother you. Now, you're bothering me when you just walk past, you know? <laughs> Getting the photos not bothering me. <laughs> Thanks, mate. Bye. Good on you, Michelle. Bye. Bye. Ladies and gentlemen, please thank Tommy Little, Tripod, Al Murray, Peter Hellier, Will Anderson, Greg Fleet and Husey. Get out and see some live comedy, guys. Wherever you are around Australia, there's comedy to be seen. We rely on you. Without you, there'd be none of us. And imagine life without none of us. Wouldn't that be awful? I'm Michelle Laurie. This has been the Nitty Gritty Committee. Thank you so much for downloading. Please feel free to go to my Facebook page and give me some suggestions of other people you'd like to hear in the committee, on the committee. Sorry, I'm a bit giddy from uh, chatting with all my friends. Talk soon. Bye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.